Hello and welcome back to the Everyday Christian Podcast. I'm your host, Chase Green. This is a podcast where we remind ourselves that God deserves every praise from every creature every day. This is a Scattered Abroad Network podcast. Of course, as always, go check out scatteredabroad.org. Check out our master feed in the podcast listening app of your choice, such as Apple Podcasts, Spotify, uh, Google Play, etc. We are continuing our discussion on doctrine, and specifically we're talking about the uh, unity that we're supposed to have in Christ. Last time, of course, we talked about how there's really a shallow version of unity, if you will, a false sense of unity that many have. Uh, we talked about the ecumenical movements and things like that, and we talked about how we have to be unified around the doctrine of Christ. Uh, if you missed that episode by chance, make sure you go back and listen to that because it's a very important episode uh, there's a lot of doctrinal confusion on this, even in the Lord's Church, unfortunately. So uh, make sure you go back and check in, check out uh, last week's episode on that. Well, what about denominational divisions, which are the exact opposite of unity? Now, we've talked about that on the podcast before. We even alluded to it last week, but just to kind of reiterate that, that's where we want to begin this week. 1 Corinthians 1, verse 10, Paul says, Now I plead with you, brethren, by the name of our Lord Jesus Christ, that you all speak the same thing, and that there be no divisions among you. Now, speak the same thing regarding what? Well, as we noted last week, regarding the doctrine of Christ. Now, as far as matters of opinion go, we can have differences of opinion. Romans chapter 14 deals with that in detail. Go and read that sometime. But uh, when it comes to matters of doctrine, we have to speak the same Thing. We're commanded to speak the same thing. And uh, I'll let you in on a little bit of a secret. It's not very difficult. Uh, people like to make it out much harder than it has to be, um, you know, uh, regarding, you know, what's doctrine? What's doctrine? We have to be able to study to show ourselves approved on that, to know, okay, this is a doctrinal matter. We need to be able to discern between good and evil. Uh, we need to be able to determine whether something is doctrine or not, and that's what we've been talking about this whole season on the podcast. So anyways, uh, don't make it harder than it has to be. Study your Bible. Uh, study it a lot, and you will be able to know uh, beyond a shadow of a doubt uh, whether something is a doctrinal matter or something in the matter uh, of opinion. So he says, Now I plead you with you, brethren, by the name of our Lord Jesus Christ, that you all speak the same thing, and that there be no divisions among you, but that you be perfectly joined together in the same mind and in the same judgment. I think back also to John chapter 17. And John chapter 17, Jesus is praying a prayer before he goes to his cross, and who do you think he's focused on in that prayer? Well, number one, he's he's focused on his apostles, and he has quite a bit to pray for them. But then he ends up saying, neither do I pray for these alone, but also for those who follow after me through their word. And that is us. That's Christians down through the centuries who are following the doctrine of Christ— through the teachings of the apostles, who also had authority to speak on those matters. And so we're to speak the same things that the apostles spoke, which is the same thing that Christ spoke. I also think, of course, of Matthew chapter 28, verses 18 through 20. Jesus says, All authority has been given to me in heaven and on earth. Go therefore and make disciples of all the nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit, 
Then he says, teaching them to observe all things that I have commanded you. And lo, I'm with you always, even to the end of the age. Amen. So Jesus taught the apostles to teach us all the things that he had commanded them, including, of course, being fishers of men, there with the evangelism, but on doctrinal matters as well. Therefore, uh, we must teach the same things that the apostles taught, because those are the things that Jesus taught them. Of course, the Holy Spirit brought all those things into their remembrance as well, so we've got to teach the same things. And we can teach the same things, but again, we have to uh, study to show ourselves approved unto God, 2 Timothy 2, verse 15. We have to know, you know, all scriptures are given by inspiration of God, etc. That is uh, 2 2 Timothy uh, 3, verse 16. It makes us complete, verse 17. Uh, It gives us all that we need for uh, doctrine, reproof, for, uh, let's see, 2 Timothy 3.16, all scriptures given by inspiration of God and is profitable for doctrine, reproof, correction, instruction in righteousness. So uh, we have to know all that in order to make sure that we're towing that line that uh, Jesus would have us to tow regarding doctrine. Anyways, I say all that to go back to John chapter 17. What was Jesus praying for? He was praying for our unity. You go back and you read, and I believe it's six times. He uses the word one to describe his disciples. He wants us to be one, and he prays over and over again that they would be one, just as I am one with you, the Father. And and that's basically what he's saying there in John chapter 17 as he prays. You know, if I were about to go to a cross, I might be more focused on myself. And Jesus did, you know, pray, if it's possible, let this cup pass for me. So, you know, there is that factor, but he was focused primarily on us. He was focused on Christians, when he was getting ready to go to his cross. So that's very, you know, a very, very humbling thought to think about that Jesus was praying for us. And one of the primary things he was praying for us for was for our unity. Therefore, our unity is is very, very important. Well, we looked at last week, Ephesians chapter 4. Another place that we could go to we'll kind of wrap it up here, but another place we can go to for uh, discussion of unity is actually the book of Philippians. Go and read Philippians. It's only four chapters, but uh, in that fourth chapter, verse number two, I believe a big part of the reason for the occasion of the writing of the epistle to the Philippians is uh, Philippians 4, verse 2. So there Paul writes, I implore Euodia and I implore Syntyche to be of the same mind in the Lord. What was he imploring them? He was imploring them to have the same mind, to have unity. Evidently, uh, reading between the lines, it sure seems that uh, Euodia and Syntyche must not have been getting along very well. Not only can you kind of read in between the lines uh, in that verse there, but also really throughout the book of Philippians. So again, Philippians is a very important book when it comes to uh, Christian unity. For instance, Philippians 1 verse 27, it says, "...only let your conduct be worthy of the gospel of Christ." so that whether I come and see you or am absent, I may hear of your affairs that you stand fast, now notice this, in one spirit, with one mind, striving together for the faith, by the way, singular, for the faith, singular, of the gospel, again, singular. So Paul says that Christians need to stand fast in one spirit, one mindset, and strive together. In short, we're on the same team if we're truly 
uh, following the doctrine of Christ. Now, again, as we mentioned uh, last week from the book of Amos, uh, can two walk together if they are not uh, unified? Well, the answer is no there. But if we are truly standing firm on the doctrine of Christ, then we are on the same team. We need to remember that when it comes to matters of personality conflict, when it comes to matters of opinion, etc., scruples, uh, what have you. Philippians 2, verse 3, a big part of this attitude and mindset, Philippians 2, verse 3, let nothing be done through selfish ambition or conceit. Uh, what is the what is the source of a lot of, of uh, contention? Well, Proverbs says, only by pride cometh contention. A lot of contention is actually, the root cause of it is pride. So Paul says that we need to do nothing through selfish ambition, through conceit, which is essentially pride, but in lowliness of mind, the opposite of that, humility, in lowliness of mind, let each esteem others better than himself. One of the things that sometimes I say in sermons and classes and, and whatnot is that if the world would just get the golden rule, for instance, if they just get that right, how much better of a world would this be? Now, it's not the only important thing, obviously, but if the world just got the golden rule right, this world would be a lot better than it is now. What about uh, this one as well? If the, if the world just got this right, let nothing be done through selfish ambition or conceit, but in lowliness of mind let each esteem others better than himself. Look toward the things of others rather than your own things. If the world would get that right, we'd be in much better shape. Let's turn and read uh, Acts chapter uh, 2. Acts chapter 2. We want to look at verses 40 to the end of the chapter. Acts chapter 2, beginning in verse 40. Of course, this is on the day of Pentecost. This is the establishment of the Lord's church, just as had been prophesied in Joel chapter 2, as uh, Peter brings up in some other Old Testament prophecies as well. Acts chapter 2, beginning in verse 40, it says, And with many other words he testified and exhorted them, saying, Be saved from this perverse generation. Then those who gladly received his word were baptized. And that day about 3,000 souls were added to them. Of course, we've talked about this on the podcast uh, this, uh, this season. Make sure you go and look at those uh, Plan of Salvation uh, episodes if you haven't done so. Then it says in verse 42, And they continued steadfastly in what? In the apostles' doctrine. Well, I thought it's the, the uh, doctrine of Christ. We have to remember this is synonymous. The apostles' doctrine, it is the doctrine of Christ because it's one and the same. Uh, the apostles were teaching the doctrine of Christ. So they continued steadfastly in the apostles' doctrine. And again, uh, Matthew 28, verses 18 through 20 ought to be uh, reverberating through our minds as well. So they continued steadfastly in the apostles' doctrine and fellowship, in the breaking of bread, and in prayers. Then fear came upon every soul, and many wonders and signs were done through the apostles. Now all who believed were what? They were together, and had all things in common, and sold their possessions and goods, and divided them among all as anyone had need. So continuing daily with one accord in the temple, 
and breaking of bread from house to house. They ate their food with gladness and simplicity of heart. Really, if you look at that word simplicity in the Greek, if I'm not mistaken, it has the idea of singularity, uh, single-minded purpose of heart. Praising God and having favor with all the people, and the Lord added to the church, one singular church, daily, those who were being saved. Isn't that wonderful? That is a wonderful testimony of the kind of unity that we are supposed to have in Christ. Well, if that's the perfect example of unity there in the early church, the perfect opposite of that, I believe, would be Corinth. You go and you read the book of uh, 1 Corinthians, and that book is riddled with a lot of examples of problems that that church had, and a lot of it had to do with lack of unity, especially in chapters 12 through 14. Chapter 12 and chapter 14 as well, Paul is dealing with conflict that the church at Corinth had because they were fighting over, of all things, they were fighting over uh, miraculous gifts, specifically tongue-speaking. Well, in chapter 13, we have that most marvelous passage of uh, the uh, famous passage of, you know, love, charity. Charity suffers long and is kind. Charity does not envy, vaunteth not itself, is not puffed up, does not behave rudely or unseemly, does not seek its own, uh, is not provoked, thinks no evil, does not rejoice in iniquity, but rejoices in the truth bears all things, believes all things, hopes all things, endures all things. Charity or love never fails. And yes, I did kind of go back and forth between the King James and the New King James there, but you get the idea. That amazing passage in 1 Corinthians chapter 13 on love, on charity, it's in the middle of of two chapters, chapter 12 and chapter 14, where Paul is having to confront the Corinthians because they didn't have unity. It wasn't a doctrinal matter. It wasn't uh, something like that. But they didn't have unity because they couldn't get along because they were selfishly desiring uh, the gift of tongue, tongue speaking and trying to speak over one another and things like that. We have to make sure that we maintain unity, that we do not act like the Corinthians there, but we uh, keep our personalities in check, we keep our opinions in check, we do hold to the doctrine of Christ, and we stand firm on that. We do not greet, we do not endorse someone who does not stand on the doctrine of Christ, like we looked at in the book of Second John, chapter, uh, well, only one chapter, but verses 9 through 11. We mark those who cause divisions and offenses contrary to the doctrine of Christ, Romans chapter 16, verse 17. All of this is extremely important when we talk about the doctrinal matter of unity. We didn't even get to the organization of the church in these couple of weeks dealing with unity, but uh, that's really kind of another element of all of this. Uh, You look at denominational hierarchies, for instance, the Roman Catholic denomination, even though they probably they wouldn't call themselves that, but that's what they are. You know, you've got a pope, and then you've got cardinals under him, and bishops, and archbishops, and all those sorts of things. Um, even the structure of that kind of hierarchy, it flies in the face of uh, church autonomy, but it also flies in the face of 
uh, true unity that we're supposed to have as well because they're unifying, but they're unifying over a man uh, instead of unifying on Christ. So we could go into that. We're not going to. Uh, we're going to go ahead and end the discussion here for this week, but that's something you could kind of think about and study up on uh, yourself as well. Appreciate you, the listener, tuning in to the Everyday Christian Podcast this week. Lord willing, we will be back next week with another discussion on doctrine.